Lord, we admit we need you every hour. It's not just when things get tough and we think we ought to look to you, but Lord, we need you every hour. Lord, just help us to realize that. Lord, we would accept the fact that we need you. We can't do it on our own. Lord, we don't have the strength or the, the ability to do it on our own, Lord, but we need you. And we need you. We need you all the time, Lord. It's, it's an ongoing relationship. It's not just a once in a while. But Lord, it's every hour. So, Lord, just help us to receive you. Lord, help us to come to you. Come to you. Lord, we thank you when we come to you, you receive us with open arms. Lord, we thank you for your love. Thank you for your blessings. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Well, as I was thinking about Father's Day and I was, you look at a lot of stuff, or I look at a few things, I shouldn't say a lot of stuff, but I saw something where a little boy was asked, what is Father's Day? And the little boy said, well, it's kind of a lot like Mother's Day, only you don't have to spend as much money. <laughs> That's sort of true, sort of true, you know, sort of true. You know, as I, I think back on Father's and sometimes when I, you know, you reflect and, you know, I'm old enough now to reflect, you know, <laughs> you know, when you're, when you're young, you have trouble reflecting. There's not much to reflect on, but, you know, I'm old enough now I can reflect. And when I do, I remember, I remember a show called Father Knows Best. Whoa. Father Knows Best. That wouldn't even, nobody would watch that now. They wouldn't even put that on now. Because I don't think we think Father knows best. Now, maybe there's some connotations with that that aren't, aren't quite right. But, you know, the picture was that Father was a place of honorable, honor. I don't think fathers are honored as, like they were. I think we went through a time, and, you know, you can call it whatever you want, you know, but there was a time when fathers were put down. Fathers were humiliated. They were treated like they didn't know anything. People on TV, all of a sudden, the father was the joke of the family. It was the joke of the family. Personally, I think that's, you know, I don't, I don't know if people set out to destroy the family. I'm not sure that was a purpose, but that's what happened. Because what happens is the further you get away from God's plan, God's got a plan. God's got a, he's got a formula for a family. And when you get away from that, you're going to start having problems. I personally think we're about there. We're about there. We're starting to see lots of problems. Consequently, I think what we're seeing is a lot of people saying, well, you know, there's a big problem with dads today. And I would say, generally speaking, that's true. There's a lot of dads that are absentee dads. There's a lot of families without dads. For all kinds of reasons, all kinds of reasons. I think since dads have been put down, that we now have, we now have a lot of young men who are trying to be dads who had no example. They didn't see, they didn't see what a what a good dad was. They don't know what that means. They don't know how to be a good dad. They they're kind of just helpless. In some ways, 
Um, and so consequently, I think a lot of our solid structure, the solidness of our society has decayed. And so now I think we're starting to drift and we're adrift in trying to figure all this out. We've got a lot of problems, a lot of problems, a lot of problems in society. And I think personally it, it starts from families. So I'm going from the premise that, you know, we need to help our young men to know how to be fathers. And how do we do that? How do we do that? Well, the best way I know is we got to look at God's word. You know, not people's opinions. I'm, you know, people can have opinions. I was just talking to a family member yesterday and we were talking about how you know, the family argues about this and that. You know, it's a bunch of opinions. And I said, you know, I just don't want to get involved. I don't want to be another opinion. My opinion doesn't really matter. God's word matters. My opinion doesn't. So I think for us to begin to see what we need to do, we got to look at God's word because God's got the plan. God's got the plan, not everything around us. We need to look at his word. You know, some some people look, you know, all kinds of places for what's right. What's right? Society around us. And I believe we just need to look to God's word. Now, I would say that a lot of people are not looking to God's word. So I don't know where that's all going to shake out. I know our responsibility and for me and for you, our responsibility, I believe, is to look at God's word. And so today, I want to look at, at God's Word. How do fathers get control when things are out of control? You know, I think what's happened is, I think a lot of fathers don't want to get involved in the family today. You know, they're half scared to get involved. They're half scared to get involved because, well, they don't know what to do, and, and there's a lot of people telling them, well, you don't know what you're doing. You know, if you tell me I don't know what I'm doing enough, pretty soon I'm not going to do it. You know, if I'm in a situation and everybody tells me, well, you don't know what you're doing, eventually I'm going to go, well, then I guess there's no sense trying because I don't know what I'm doing. Unless you establish yourself on the fact of what is God's word. And so I think dads need to get involved. Dads need to be involved, but they need to find out what God says. They need to find out, you know, how can I do what God would want me to do when I don't have a clue? Is that possible? Oh, absolutely. You've got to make your decision. You've got to make a decision. Is God's word true? You know, the Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. You've got to decide that. Is God true or is he not true? Is his word true or isn't it true? Is everybody, all these voices I hear around me, is that all true? I mean, you talk about voices, folks. There's voices in our lives today. They're all around us. There's lots of voices vying for influence in our lives and i think we have to decide and one of the things i think we decide is is god true and every man a liar that includes us okay god is true not you and me god is true and so we find out what he says from his word and i want to look today in ephesians the sixth chapter the fourth verse i'm just gonna look at a few things to try to help you know, part of it is to try to help our young men, you know, um, who are going to be fathers, who are fathers, 
and to just try to establish some things about what God's Word says. Ephesians, the sixth chapter, the fourth verse. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. Do not provoke your children to anger. Do not show violent passion towards your children. You know, we have a lot of problems today with that. You know, there's a lot of abuse goes on. And I think, you know, it's real clear in God's word. Do not get angry. Do not get anger to a violent passion with your children. I'm not saying, you know, we can all sit here and argue about words, you know. And, you know, I'm not saying you won't ever get upset. But not to the point of a violent passion. You know, you don't, you don't start to, because when you get a violent passion going, you start to say the wrong things. When you get when you get angry to a point that's you know the Bible says be angry and don't sin when you get to the point that it starts to be sin it's a problem. And at that point what you start to do is you first start to say things you shouldn't say. You better. It starts out with like you better. Don't you ever. Do you realize I'm your father? And do you realize you better listen to what I, you know, you don't start belittling and berating and being disrespectful to your children. You know, you can speak the truth without doing that. You can speak the truth and they'll know. They'll know. But you can speak the truth without doing that. It, it doesn't mean you never belittle them or talk down to them or be disrespectful. You don't lose control. You know, and sometimes I, you know, I personally, personally, sometimes there's a line there where you, it's, it's, it's kind of, but there's a line. There's a line. The other day I was involved with my great grandson. Not very often am I involved with him, but he and I had a situation where we were together. And his grandmother was with him. So that's my, my daughter. Okay, so you know, I'll tell you who it was. My daughter, my great-grandson. And he does not want to sit in the car seat with a seatbelt. He'll go down the road and take off his seatbelt. Just take it off. I'm not sitting with a seatbelt. You know, that day, which doesn't happen very often, he gets in my car with a car seat. And we go through a little thing. He's all of a sudden not going to put his seatbelt on. You know, we start out with, you know, you start out with, come on, you need to do this. You need to do this. You need to do this. And he wasn't doing it. And I will admit, I'm getting frustrated. Okay, this is an issue. This is a serious issue. His safety. I, You know, if I go down the road and something happens, he's not got a seatbelt on, I'm sure I'm a little bit at fault if something happens. So this is, this is kind of a big deal. He keeps going through this thing, and I'm on the I'm on this side of the car, and the seat's on the other side of the car. And you know, they aren't very my car's it's not very big. And all of a sudden, he takes out of that seat, and he goes up over my center console, and he's going to go up front. I hit a limit. <laughs> he it, it was a limit. I don't know that I was I I, I don't know what you want to call it. Righteous anger, we'll say that so it sounds good. (laughs) 
I don't know. You can put a tag on her, whatever you want to do. But he had a limit. I looked at him, and I think I, I grabbed him, and I said in a very stern voice, get back here and put your seatbelt on. He looked at me. His eyes were this big. That's all I had to say. He got back, got in his seat, started crying. Started crying. Next time he got in the car, I didn't say a word. He sat in his seat and put a seatbelt on. Now, there's a line. And I, and I check myself, okay? There's a line there. And he knew I meant what I said. And I got the point across. Now, if he had of, then I don't know where that line would have went. Okay, I mean, honestly, you know, it's like when you get to that line, it's like, well, if they push you one more step, it's like, now where's that line going? I don't know. I didn't have to go to that next step, thank goodness. Now, I say that because, you know, I, I was firm. He knew what I meant, and that was it. I didn't say anything to degrade him. I didn't say, you better get your, I didn't say nothing. Just get back in your seat, okay? I could have belittled him. I could have grabbed him and jerked him. I could have grabbed him. You know, I could have done a lot of things, but I didn't. That's not what you do. See, that's what I'm saying. And you just got to check yourself because I know that line is, you know, it's kind of there, but it gets blurry sometimes. You know, it has a lot to do with our motives. So fathers, don't provoke your children to anger. It's how you treat them. So we, we model behavior before them too. We model behavior that's not angry. You know, we model behavior so that when you're out driving and they see somebody do something stupid in front of you and you say things you shouldn't, those kids, man, they listen to every word you say. And then you wonder, well, where did they learn that? You know, I've been around parents like, where did they? Well, I'll tell you where they learned it. You know, oh. Well, sometimes, we, sometimes when our children do things, we've got to check ourselves and say, where did they learn that? Where did they learn that? You know, so fathers, we set example. We show them what it means to have self-control. You know, teach your children what it means to have self-control. Control yourself. That's the opposite of getting angry. Control yourself. Having self-control. You know? And so we need to model that before them. And not provoke them to anger. You know? Self-control is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. There's a spiritual side to all this too, folks. There's a spiritual side. Pray with them. If, if, they, if they have something you see that's not godly, anger or something, pray with them about it. If you exhibit anger, humble yourself, repent before them and tell them, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. We're not perfect. If you, if you get angry to a point that you've lost control, then you need to just say, you know, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? Exhibit godliness. Humble yourself. You know, sometimes we don't want to humble ourselves. I don't, don't want to admit I'm wrong. You know, children will respond to that. They'll respond to honesty. You know, they don't like hypocrisy. You know, like you say one thing and do another. They see right through that. So be honest. Be honest with them. You know, show godly character. Be humble. Pray with them. Pray with them about these things. 
Then it says, bring them up in the nurture and the, ed and the training of the Lord. Well, the only way to do that is to spend time with them. If you're going to bring them up in the nurture and the training of the Lord, you got to spend time with them. If you don't have time, don't have children. You know, a lot of people probably shouldn't be having children nowadays. Be that what it may. But, you know, if you have children, spend time with them. Train them. Teach them. Set example for them. Live life with them. You know, it, it's not like, okay, sit down now. I'm going to teach you some of my wisdom. You know, they're going to go, yeah, right. You know, you live life with them. You live life with them. You're involved with them. You're around them. They're around you. You spend time with them. They see you do what you do. You know, they see you pray. They hear you pray. They see you read God's word. They, you read God's word with them. You nurture them. You train them. It takes a lot of time. No way around it. If you don't think you have time, then come see the Z-Bolts to raise seven kids. <laughs> I don't know. Where did you find the time? You know? Oh, I can't imagine. Where'd you find the time? Well, you just do it. You just do it. But you make an effort. You see that, hey, I need to do this. I need to spend time with them. I need to teach them. I need to, I need to do things with them. And so then while we're doing it, I say, now, here's what we do. Or they see you do what you're supposed to do. You know, I think that's the best thing is just train them and teach them. Don't lecture them. I'm not saying you can't, but they're not real keen on lecturing, you know. Or devotions. Devotions are good. You know, spend time, read God's word, talk to them about it, you know. Now, you bring them to church and Sunday school, but I want to tell you something. That doesn't get you out of your responsibility. I don't want to be mean about this, but your children aren't my responsibility. Now, I'll do all I can to help you. The church is here to train them and help train them and to be a part of that, and I think we are. But, eh, you're responsible. You bring them. You bring them to church, but that doesn't get you out of your responsibility. So at the end of the day, you say, well, I took them to church. I don't know why they turned out this way. Well, you can bring all kinds of things to church and they're going to turn out right. I mean, just because you brought, I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to turn out just because you brought them. You know, it's personal, parental responsibility. Fathers, I believe you're the head of the home. The buck stops with you. That's just my share on that. You know, somebody needs to be the head. God's created men to be the head. Times I wish I was a woman. I don't like being the head. But I don't really want to be a woman, so I'm the head. I'm the head. I'm the head. You need a head. Two-headed things are ugly. You need one head. Okay? Fathers are the head. We have responsibility. Take the responsibility. It's yours. Wives, mothers, encourage these poor fellows. One thing they need is encouragement. It's a tough job. It's a tough job. 
One thing men need is encouraged because we're not quite sure. And the last thing you need is everybody around you telling you you're messed up. Because then you go, well, I don't know what to do. They need, we need, you need encouragement. You know, that's part of what we hopefully do today. That You know, we help our fathers, but we also encourage them. Encourage them. Encourage them. I think nowadays, I, I, I think we're at a time when they need encourage much more than probably we used to. But anyway. Okay. Then it says, bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. We call attention to the warning of the Lord. Discipline them based on God's word. You know, we need discipline. We need discipline in our lives. Basically, my view, of course, this is an opinion now. This is an opinion. My view of our society and our young people growing up is they are undisciplined. They're undisciplined. They have no personal discipline in their lives. They haven't been trained. They haven't been taught. Now, not all of them. And I, No, if you're sitting here and you're going, <laughs> well, get off of it. I got discipline. Well, then I'm not talking to you. <laughs> I'm just saying, generally speaking, as I look out, as I see what's going on around us. Oh, let me say this. If you've got discipline in your life, you're going to go a long ways nowadays. Your future is wide open. Wide open. Because most of your generation doesn't have any discipline. And they're struggling. They're struggling to get up in the morning. They're struggling to go to work. They're struggling to do a whole bunch of things that they ought to be just doing. If you have discipline in your life, you're going to go a long ways. Okay? Because we haven't taught discipline. We've taught, well, now you have rights. And, you know, don't let anybody step on your rights. Don't let anybody take advantage of you. Don't let anybody talk about you. Don't let, and you know, and so we're like, okay, protect me, protect me, protect me. I'm now old enough I ought to be able to do it on my own, but I still want somebody to protect me because we have no self-discipline. We don't have any motivation. Motivation. You know, and we need to teach our children that. We need to teach them. And part of it is teaching discipline. You know, it's okay to discipline your children. It's okay for other people to discipline your children. Please get off of, I don't want nobody telling my kids what to do. Well, someday somebody will. <laughs> and you may not always like it. And they may not always be nice. Get over it. Jesus actually said, well, if you follow me, you're going to be persecuted. So how do you like that? Well, I don't, I don't even want to be a Christian. I ain't going to do that. But see, life isn't always easy. So quit making it easy for your kids. Teach them. Teach them discipline. Teach them discipline. And be willing to discipline. Discipline them. You know, we want our children to succeed. And sometimes we think success comes from the wrong places. Now, see, for me, I think success is living a godly life. I think success is doing what God's will is, doing what God wants me to do. That's success. It's not about what we achieve, and it's not about all this other stuff. But, you know, success is a godly life and doing what God wants. Ultimately, success is eternity. Ultimately. You know, you can really mess up on this earth, but, you know, 
Where you spend eternity is going to be your most successful thing you did. So we need to teach our children that there is an eternity. It's not just about this life. It's not just about, well, what makes me happy and how's things going to be here. But, you know, life is eternal. And we need to teach our children that. So who sets the standard for your children? Who decides what clothes they wear? How they dress? Who decides what they do with their leisure time? Who teaches them responsibility? Who teaches them to respect authority? The school? Well, you know, that's a shot in the dark. I'm not saying all schools are bad. I think fairly highly of some of our local schools. But I really don't want them setting all the standards for my children. You know, there's some godly influences in our schools, and I'm very thankful for that. But I don't want my children seeing, well, that's where you decide what you should do or not do. I don't want them to decide it from their friends. Doesn't make any sense to me to have two 14-year-olds deciding about life. That just doesn't make sense to me. You know? Well, what do you think? Well, you know, I don't, I don't think two 14-year-olds have the capacity to decide most of the time about, well, what's life and how are we supposed to act? I don't want the TV doing it or movies. You know, I think we've elevated that whole thing so far that it's so ungodly, it's just awful. You know, Disney started out being, oh, isn't that wonderful? It's Disney. Now it's one of the most ungodly things in the world. You know, I don't want them to I don't want them setting a standard for my children. Advertisements, music, music, a lot of, lot of influence in music. Oh, you know. I think we parents ought to decide. You know, I've been going to some retirement. You know, I'm, well, of course, that's where I'm at. I'm going to retirement parties. And I'm sitting there thinking as I'm at a retirement party and I can't hear the person in that chair. And I'm listening to all this ungodly music and I'm thinking, huh, no wonder we're a mess. Look at these old people, what they're doing. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I don't want them influencing my kids. I don't want them teaching my kids. It needs to be God's people. It needs to be godly parents. I'm going to close with a couple of scriptures. The first one's in Proverbs 29, I think. My writing's not very good. Proverbs 29:15. It says, "The rod and rebuke give wisdom." Now, see, that's really old-fashioned. The rod, that means, that means the thing you spank with. Okay? <laughs> you know, whatever that is. No, anyway, we won't go in. I got a whole thing I could teach you about that. But anyway, the rod and rebuke give wisdom. But a child left to himself. A child left to himself. That's what a lot of our children are. They're left to themselves. They're floating around trying to get who they are from the world, the TV, advertisements, media, music, the child left to himself brings shame to his mother. Bring shame to his mother. Don't leave your children to themselves. We need to teach them and train them. And if you're a grandparent, in this day and age, you have a lot of influence. 
because a lot of you are either babysitting or raising your grandkids. You have a lot of influence. Don't let that go amiss. You, I say use your influence wherever you can. Wherever you can. I don't know where that is, but wherever you can, use your godly influence. Use it. It may be in, it may be in the children next door. Somebody in this room has a child next door that spends most of their time at their house. The child's nine or ten years old, and they were having a party, and the child showed up, and they go, oh, yeah, he's always down here. He's with them more than he's with their parents. Influence. Influence. Sometimes we have places where we can be a godly influence. You can make a difference. You can make a difference. We need to see that. And then in 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel, the third chapter, the 13th verse. Oops. It's talking about Samuel, and, and it's talking about raising sons, and then there were sons who didn't. Anyway, I have told him that I will judge his house forever. For the iniquity which he knows, because his sons made themselves vile, and he did not restrain them. He did not, who? The father did not restrain them. So I'm going to bring judgment against your house. Don't think that God won't bring judgment against us, our society, and our country if we allow our children to go unrestrained and they turn ungodly. I think God cares about family. He knows the importance of family. He will do what it takes to get us back to where we need to be. The worst thing that can happen is the Bible sometimes talks about he turned him over to a reprobate mind. Just let him go. That's the worst thing that can happen. If God looks down and he says, you know, their families are so messed up, I just let them go and let them figure it out. That's the worst thing that can happen. Worst thing. You know, Christians, we need to stand up. And we need to know what God's word says and then be willing to do it. You know, as you're a parent, you know, you kind of get that one shot at it. You don't really know what you're doing. You have kids and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, here they are. And then, you know, you think, well, let's see, how did mom and dad do it? Well, you know, that could be right and it could be wrong. And I want to tell you something. Nowadays, it's getting more wrong than it's right. So, what are you going to do? You better find out what God's word says. And you better do that. Let God be true and every man a liar. God is true. So you need to find out what God's word says and say, you know what? I'm getting one shot at this and I don't really don't know what I'm doing. So I think I'm going to trust God's word. I'm going to put my faith in God's word and I'm going to, to the best of my ability, I'm going to raise my children according to what God's word says. You know, and for those of us who have raised children, you look back and you scratch your head sometimes. You think, wow, where did I go wrong? Anybody ever think that? Oh, did I miss it somewhere? You know, is there is there... Wow, what happened? You do the best you can according to God's word, and then your children will decide what they're going to believe and where they're going to follow. 
What's happening is the further we get away from God's word, there's a lot more influences out there. And there's a lot more decisions they make. And if they have rebellion in their heart, they're probably going to choose other things. You know, if they haven't really decided that God's word is true, they're going to choose other things. But we need to make sure that we do our part as individuals, as fathers, as families, as a church. And we need to be an influence where we can, where we can, where we have opportunity. You have influence in your own home. You start there. You start there. We're going to honor our dads now. Julie, are you back there with the children? <laughs> She's kneeling, so I can't tell which one's a child and which one's Julie. Um, okay, you're going to pass out gifts now? Okay, and then are they going to pick up things on the way out? Okay, that's what I thought. Okay, so you're going to get a gift when you stand up. On the way out, there's a table back there with goodies, I think, right? <laughs> I think they're goodies. Okay, so don't miss that. Don't miss that. So, okay, let's have all the dads stand up and uh, all the dads, I don't know, dads, dads be, granddads. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word. And Lord, we thank you for the fathers that are here today. Lord, we just ask you to bless each and every one of them. Fathers, grandfathers, aunt, uncles. Lord, we just ask you to bless all of them. Lord, help them to be a godly example. Lord, we're not pure perfect we're human vessels but lord help us to give glory to you lord we would give glory to you and be what you want us to be lord help us to be an example of your love that knowing you're the father of of all so lord help us to follow your example lord we thank you for that just ask you to just bless everyone now as they leave and lord we just thank you for being with us in jesus name we pray amen